A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to have a great. You want to talk about yeah, spiritual I growth? Do. I do. And the okay. reason I raised that point with you earlier is because I just think it's like so important. You know, you like you have to give attention to your spiritual growth as much as you eat. You know, when you think about your favorite food and how much you want it and how important it is to you to have it on your menu or somewhere along the way, to me, spiritual growth is that important. However, I'm finding that it's not that important to everybody. So rather, mm -hmm. you know, I'm wondering, like, am I shoving stuff down people's throat? Probably. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So when I encounter those where it's not that important. Now, I understand that it can be confusing, but it's work. I know you don't like the word work, work, like, but it is. You got to, nothing, it's like. Work, attention, energy, thought. Yeah, and it's good. Time. It's a good work. It's fun. It's good because it's you. So, and it's your work to do. So it benefits you and those around you, your world around you and all that business. But I'll tell you, I can get like really deep and go into that conversation about the magic and wonder of it. And then I find myself like, you might be out there by yourself with this thought. So let me ask Dr. Marcioni, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> because in doing our spiritual work, whatever it's going to be, for some people it's a meditation or a mindfulness practice or some sort of devotion, reading, journaling, whatever it happens to be, to take time to nurture our spiritual growth. It yields dividends because as we grow spiritually and become more highly aware of higher consciousness, it changes the rest of the experience in our lives. Do we have to do that? No, we don't have to do that. The way the system is set up is we have five senses that tell us what's in the world around us. Plus we have the ability to learn from other people who have told us things and figure it out and reason it together. We can live completely in that world without paying attention to the spiritual truth behind it. And that's just fine. We can just live in the world of the senses. We can live in the physical world and we don't get any of the benefit of living in the spiritual world or having a spiritual experience, but we're not penalized for it necessarily. There are people who are very content to live their entire life just on the experiential level. Yes. And I have to learn that that is okay. Like, I think I get it, but I kind of forget sometimes, you know, that it's okay because my mind is wired around 
being better and always, you know, if you have something, okay, you want to make it better, like going to the next level, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote a book one time, like moving to the next level, moving to your next best level. And that's just how I think. It's nice what you got, but, you know, don't you want to move to the next level of consciousness, of betterment? You know, I don't watch TV that much, but I do occasionally. But sometimes I'll think, hmm, is this really, is this time? Like I couldn't binge watch anything. I'll watch some shows and then that's it because I'll start thinking this is taking away from time that I could be doing something that makes me or my life or somebody else's life better, you know? But Mm -hmm. like maybe I'm just OCD where that's concerned. Who knows? Yeah, you can label that if you want to. I'm not sure that it's necessary. The part that's the most interesting to me is that when we turn our attention to metaphysics and understand that everything that we're creating in our lives is not created by pushing around things in the world around us, but by intention and in consciousness, that's where it all starts. And then the effect, the outpicturing of it, the result is things changing in the experience of our lives. When somebody is exposed to that concept, it would baffle me completely to have them not say, really, let me find out about that. Let me see how that works for me. Let me see if I can put this to work in my life. And when they start doing it, it baffles me that they wouldn't want to continue doing it because it works. And after they're adept at it and able to practice and be a true metaphysician or metaphysicist, So we're using that creative power to create our lives. I can't imagine why anybody would stop. And yet I know people who understand these principles and have a very strong ability to create change in in their lives and start denying it. They push back against it. My daughter is a great example. She manifests like crazy. She can create all sorts of stuff and be very intentional. And she poo-poos the whole thing. She doesn't like to talk to me about spirituality or metaphysics at all. She rolls her eyes. It's like she feels all triggered from her childhood on that. And she's still able to create an experience in consciousness without paying any attention to cultivating her consciousness necessarily. And as a result, she's pushing away all of these resources that could be available to support her in her spiritual growth. It's like somebody who understands that your word is very powerful And it creates your experience. And they say constantly things like, that's a pain in my neck. And it's like, if you were ignorant, if somebody didn't know how the law works and they weren't putting, have the experience and the ability to put real creative power into their word, it may or may not immediately cause them to have to go to the chiropractor or have a boil removed or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But people who understand that saying, that's a pain in my neck, often is going to create something that will give them a pain in their neck. I used to have lower back pain all the time. Stop talking about things being a pain in the ass. Stop thinking about things being a pain in the ass and was guided to some activities and some exercises and some stretches. And now it's not a thing. It's no longer a thing for me. It's because you were aware of the experience that you were experiencing as a result of your language and you did something about it. I guess I'm still stuck in the area of why would you not want to, you know, be better or make, and not think of it as making yourself a better person, but 
your world better, the things that you want, you desire to be easier to manifest, ascertain, touch, bring to your reality, why would you not want to do that? You know, I came up with, I'm writing this thing on negative self-talk, the language of self-sabotage. Now, to me, if somebody were running that workshop, I'd be the first (laughs) 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 to get in it. Now, having said that, okay, I take into account my own personality because if I'm remotely interested in the subject, I'm still going to be the first in it to register. But, you know, I just don't like, how is it that you could let it go by? You obviously know I've had a recent experience with something that I thought was really important and I know it's really important. And like people are just, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You scared to do the work? You know, I can see mm-hmm. the crap in your life and what's co- <laughs> and what's causing it. I'm looking right <laughs> at it, right? Every time I see you, it's like right across your chest. And here is a way to get out of that. But maybe the, the pain isn't enough. I don't know. In my experience, in a lot of cases, it comes down to that authority and accountability that we talked about, that we are authoring our lives and we are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience in physical form. And what happens is when we acknowledge that and we look beyond the physical form into the spiritual context, into the spiritual nature, then it becomes apparent at the same time that we realize that we can create a different experience in our lives, we become completely accountable for everything that we have already created. Whatever nonsense is going on in my life, if it's all consciousness generating a result or outpicturing, to use the lingo term, if it's all consciousness showing up in my life, then whatever's showing up in my life is consciousness and it's my consciousness and I'm accountable for it. And the terror <laughs> that we're responsible for what's happening to us is enough to let people not pay any attention to it at all. And we get to throw away the challenge along with the huge opportunity. The consequence of that, though, is prolonged suffering. You know, things don't change. They're just the same. Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on your threshold for suffering, you know, your threshold for pain. I'm thinking of a couple of people, and I thought, you know, you got a huge threshold for pain. I'll just be right here when you get ready. And I'm cool with that. And it's not an ego trip either. You know, like I've been in the crap hole. I know mm-hmm. what it's like and I can't take it. So I'm out. Like I've, <laughs> if I see pain coming, I look for, <laughs> I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I know what this is like. And, you know, I'll go what I call out into the universe, which is in and find, just pull on anything that I know or that will be shown to me. So I'm thinking like, how can you pain, suffer when you have an alternative? And it's not that hard, you know? Maybe it's scary. It is scary. It's hugely scary. I mean, we do prayer work stories every Sunday at New Thought Philadelphia, where people get to talk about the cool things that are showing up in their lives. And those are the fun stories. And in a lot of cases, there are You know, those are stories about overcoming challenges and difficulties and pain. And we don't want to talk about the times where something that we've had in our consciousness or awareness or in our worry has brought on exactly the problem that we were worrying about. That's 
basically worry is the negative version of a prayer. It's basically putting all of your attention and belief into something that you don't want. And that tends to bring it into experience in the same way that prayer is doing the same focused attention on what we do want. Once people are aware of the process, then we're aware, oh, when I'm worrying, that's actually doing something bad. So there's parts of this that can be scary. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to have to learn that. I want to be responsible for the whole thing. Because if I get it a little bit and then I go deeper, then I can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And do I want that to be what my life is about? Because I'm really having a mm. good time bar hopping. Mm. You know, I don't want to be in, sitting on a meditation pillow during social time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I don't like to see people in pain, you know, because I felt it. We all have had those experiences. And I ask myself often, where was my mind when I was going through such and such, you know, whatever experience it may have been at the time? And I'm thinking, if that happened to me now, I could easily move myself out of it. What the heck was I thinking mm -hmm. then? So, okay, I was not there. Where I am now wasn't there then. But then I looked at the people around me and I thought, yeah, that's why you weren't getting out of it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, everybody else is an asshole with you. <laughs> and they didn't care. Right. So, and who's the blind leading the blind? Nobody was leading anybody, you know. Everybody had their own blindness. Yeah, and that's where spiritual growth is important. And it's also where it's a challenge because if you're hanging around with those people and they're the loved ones are the important people in your life and you're going through this situation, when you set the intention to have your situation be changed, those people might go away. And that's also really scary. When we're in a relationship that's not working, we would love to be able to pray for the other person to straighten out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. What we get to do is work on ourselves. And what happens when we're doing the work in consciousness to have the relationship move the way that we want it to move, something's going to change. It may be sweet and joyous and wonderful, and it may be getting fired from a job where the boss is a jerk. It may be a divorce. It may be a breakup. It may be somebody moving across the country. There are lots of different ways that the change can happen. And because we're afraid of the unknown, we're hesitant to start that machine moving. I was writing a blog for, let's see, maybe 13, to six, seven, eight years, eight years, once a week. Then I just, I got bored and I just stopped. I said, I want to write, but I don't write this anymore. So I was doing some other things and the analytics for that blog came up and I never paid much attention to it. And I looked and it said, it gave me the average age of the ones who were reading it. And I was stunned, right? I'm stunned. I said, oh, I'm not leaking this out yet because I haven't, I haven't digested, <laughs> I haven't digested it. But I thought, I write another word. If this is who I'm reaching, forget it. I'm not doing this. And I laughed at myself. Maybe you just have to be at a certain place in life where you've had enough pain or the light comes on or what. Like you can't shove consciousness higher consciousness to add to anybody. So, okay, <laughs> I guess I answered my own question. I don't know. We can work with in our own consciousness to support other people in their growth. And it might happen, but we can't do somebody else's spiritual work. You know, I love this quote and I 
Keep it in mind, Jim Rome said, you are the average of the five people around whom you spend the most time. I'll never forget when I first heard that. I could have fainted. I thought, mm-hmm. I am in serious trouble, right? Because <laughs> serious trouble. <laughs> I'm laughing now, but I felt terror at the time because I said, if this is true, I am in trouble because I looked at these people and nice people, sweet people, you know, no slap to them, but it was not what I was needing. And I was never going to be get to where I wanted, even in the right direction, unless I did something, you know, with this. And at the time, I couldn't. And did I tell you this story already? Maybe. Okay, so. Parts of this. But this is a familiar story, whether it's yours or So I was not content people. to leave it as it was. I said, I got to fix this. Although I'm not in a position right now to change the actual people. So that's when I went out online and started spending time with more books and other authors and whatever, whatever. And so that was my way of bringing the average up. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole point is you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to do. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about up-leveling our consciousness and the people around us. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And you said just before we left, we're going to talk about up-leveling. And like, I'm excited about the book, you know, but I wanted to get, <laughs> I, you know, but I wanted to get past the commercial so we could talk about the up-leveling. Okay. And the notion is, and you said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, the five people who are the closest to you. And you had a really novel solution because you couldn't replace the people because they were going to be around but you changed your activity to basically add more people and more influence into your life. And that's a spiritual practice. And that fostered and cultivated your spiritual growth because on average, the consciousness that you were surrounding yourself with, the things that you were paying attention to, raised to a higher level. We can do that with the people we're hanging around with. We can do that even when we're hanging around with the same people if we change the nature of the conversation with them. So there are some folks who love to complain. 
They come in the door and they're talking about whatever horrible thing happened. They were in a traffic jam and there was somebody did this rude thing to them at the store and they didn't get what they wanted with their whatever and the cake didn't rise the way it was supposed to. And it gives them something to talk about. And that is a framework for relationship. It's like, let me tell you my sad story so we can all sympathize with me so that I can, I can be supported in the challenges and difficulties that I'm going through. When I notice that I'm around people who like doing that, I, as quickly as I can, try and change the subject. I try to talk about the things that are working in their life or in my life. And I, when something's not going the way that I like it in my life, I notice it, I put a marker on it, and then I immediately want to focus on what do I want to be experiencing instead. Because if we're talking about the negative story, or we're talking to the people who like being negative all the time, who like to get together and have a little pity party talking about your life sounds woeful, but listen to mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a downward spiral. And when we notice that and we want to bring something higher into it, change the subject. And sometimes they'll let us do it. And sometimes we have to repeatedly do that. And sometimes even just saying, yeah, I'm going to excuse myself from this part of the conversation because it's too negative for me. We wind up spending perhaps less time, but definitely less intention and energy on that which is depleting us. So even if we're with the same people, we can up-level our consciousness and what we are thinking about and focusing on. And that has the tendency, because it's all consciousness, to change the circumstances around us. You've seen somebody be a good influence on somebody else or somebody be a bad influence on somebody else. That's what we get to do. We can be a beneficial presence. We can be a good influence. And then for some curious reason that nobody understands, they have less to complain about or the complaints become much more superficial. Now, some people who love to complain, they're not going to stop. <laughs> they're not going to stop. Yeah, I was thinking of a particular situation that I was invited to maybe a year ago. It was like during picnic time, whatever. And I was excited to get out because we had been locked in forever, you know, and I just was anxious to be around people and the company was familiar. So I got there and immediately a person got into complain mode. It just was big, you know, it just like swelled up in the room. And I thought, what? You know, like we've been locked up, that we should just be happy just to be out. And I actually sat there and listened to what they were complaining about. And it was the same as like, my story is sadder than yours. I don't care what happens. My story is sadder than yours. And they got to the point where mm -hmm. they, they had been a death in the family, her family, it was her brother-in-law. And she was just lining up all the horrible stuff. And she said, you know, and so-and-so died. And I thought, well, now, wait a minute. So-and-so's wife is here. She's handling it okay. She's not stopping the social gathering and said, hey, look at me. I'm in grief. You're the sister-in-law. What the heck's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And this is going through my mind. And I thought, I got to get out of here, but I can't get out of here. How do I handle this? There was so much chatter going on in my head. So I'm hearing what you're saying, you know, try to, but I said, I can't hear this right now. And I just went to get something to drink. And I thought like my absence and then just breaking it up a little bit will come back. And instead the person just got pissed off and went to another 
little group to finish the complaint. <laughs> so I guess, and I thought, you mm-hmm. know, I, but I don't want to X the person out. You know, I don't want them out of my life. I just want them to stop having the worst sad story ever, no matter what happens. My story's worse than that. You know what? I could tell you why, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. you know, but you know, like I'm not any better. I'm not saying that I'm better. I think you know that. It's just trying to figure out how to graciously be in a situation like that and add value to it, add support. And how can I help you be better? You know? Yeah. The law of attraction is so simple. And once we understand it and we can recognize when it's being activated, it's so easy to see when somebody is calling an airstrike in on their own position. And people who love to complain, my story's sadder than you. Well, okay, guess what's going to happen next for them? They're going to get another sad story. Another sad story. But boy, will they be good at telling it. They're going to get more ammo for the machine that they're running. And they can change it. If the sad story is truly sad and they're tired of the pain, they can change that. And it's really simple to do that. But we all get to stop focusing on the sad story and do something different. But in one's own time, right? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people will continue doing what they're doing until it no longer works for them. That's like in the 12 steps. That's the Mm -hmm. first step. (laughs) This has become unmanageable. And so for me, on my part, and anybody else that's listening that can relate to where I am, Our position is to find patience or to be patient and gracious to that person. If we want. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't want to take them out of my contact list in the phone. You know, I don't want to like block their call or anything because they're good people. I think I don't want to messing up my stuff either. You know, I like don't bring that negativity to me. And you can tell them that. I mean, we can do the spiritual Aikido, which is where when somebody's coming at us with that sort of energy, we deftly duck out of the way so it doesn't get stuck to us. But there's some work involved in that, to be noticing that there's negative energy coming our way and to be not having it hit us head on and to be able to duck out of the way. It takes some energy and attention to do that. Depending on who the person is, you can say, wow, you got a lot of sad stories. Can you tell me a happy one? And then we can go back to the sad ones. <laughs> I like that. Then we go back to the sad ones. Yeah, but... Yeah, we'll go back to the sad stories that you love telling. But can you tell me a happy story? We'll just intersperse them a little bit about the good things that happened to you as well as the bad things that happened to you. Because it really, those are the uplifting ones for me. I know you have them. And there's some people you can't say that to. They'll just be so offended that you don't want to hear their sad story. Yeah, but that's okay. Like, I like what you said. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to listen to the podcast and I'm going to write it down word for word. (laughs) Because I like that. That brings us sort of back to where my question started. Isn't spiritual development important? And that's part of spiritual development. That's important to be able to live with your pain while you're waiting for it to go away. I mean, because people, stuff happens to you. You know, you do have bad stuff. But, you know, how do you live with that from a position of strength and power for your own self, for your own sake, until... That has passed. Like, don't bring the crap with you every morning. You don't rehearse it every time you see me, you know, or anybody else. Because you don't, you never get out of the S-hole like that. Like, you just. 
<laughs> there are two aspects, I think, to what you're talking about. The first one is the internal, my own spiritual work and my own spiritual growth. And what am I going to do to nurture that? And when I'm aware of the importance of spiritual growth, what are the tools and techniques and practices that I can use? Practical prayer is great. Meditation is wonderful. There are lots of ways that we can do our spiritual growing. And the other one is everybody else. So as people who we're encountering are going through their stuff, we can't do their spiritual growth for them. We can perhaps invite them to do a little spiritual growth for themselves, like tell me a happy story just to intersperse it here a little bit. Or we can, and what that does, by the way, is that gives them some, and that gives space for them to do some spiritual growth because they're turning their attention away from the negative onto something positive. And that's activating the law of attraction again. So there's the awareness of the good that's happening in my life is going to bring more good into my life. So we can encourage people, we can teach people, we can invite people, and then we run the risk, if we want, of being so pushy about our spiritual growth thing and our passion about spiritual growth that they go away. Well, if it's the negative people who don't want to do the spiritual growth, then you just changed your five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While you were talking, the question came to me, like, why does it matter to you so much? Like this spiritual growth for others, why does it matter to you so much? And the particular example that I raised, it matters because I love this person so much. And we have been mm -hmm. in the S-hole together often over the last 50 years. And we've pulled each other out or found ways to be happy in it. You know, it's just how life goes. But I'm out and I've seen a whole lot and they're still in it. And because I love mm -hmm. them so much, I want to say, listen, you don't have to stay there. It doesn't have to be this way. Like you are still wallowing in that S and some of it's old S, you know, while you're still inviting new S in there. So I'm mm -hmm. reaching out my hand, come on. And they're smacking my hand back, right? And I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm like shocked. So, mm -hmm. so I've just let it go because I don't know what to do with that. And I think it's probably the right thing to just leave it alone. You know, because it's, yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah. Well, actually, that gives me a great idea for the prayer that we get to do today, which is the prayer for the other person who's having struggles and challenges to suddenly, for some reason, be experiencing the highest and best experience they can, and for their awareness to turn as fully as is possible for them to their spiritual truth. And we can do that prayer for other people without their permission, because what we're inviting them is to be aware of the truth to the highest degree that they can. Not taking it from me, just we'll do that. Let's take a break and come back and do that one. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. 
And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and this has been a great conversation. And one day you're going to have to tell me, how is it that you always know the right prayer, you know, that just kind of zeroes in on that exact issue and how to deal with it, how to pray for it? How can we? God knows what the prayer is about and tells me. I'm going to go <laughs> okay. with that. That's good. <laughs> just it. It occurs to me, based on the conversation that we've had, we'll try something completely different this time. And normally we tell people that if you're going to pray for somebody else, you can't pray for anything specific unless they had asked for you, because that starts to interfere with free will. But this one is, we can always pray for somebody's highest and best, because that is based on their interpretation and understanding of highest and best. You know, if I say to Carol, I went, I'm praying for your highest and best. You're not going to say, don't do that. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, nobody will, because that is in alignment and coherent with whatever their free will is giving them. But this prayer is going to be for each person who's listening now and for a person who they are bringing into their mind and awareness and consciousness now. So I invite you to go within, close your eyes if it's safe to do that, and bring to mind somebody who has been a challenge either for you or is having challenges in their own life. It might be somebody who is prone to complaining or negativity or is having sad stories and sad experiences. Whoever that person is, bring them into your mind. Now bring them into your heart. Allow the awareness of the love that is everything, that is everyone, that is everywhere to fill you. As we turn our attention to the truth that there is one love, one creative power, one source, one force that has shared itself to create everything. Everything is God's love unfolding in its own specific and particular way. That includes me. That includes each one who is listening to me. And that includes each one who is in the heart and the awareness of each of us. So what I'm claiming, what I'm inviting, what I'm opening to is the, an experience of the highest and best possible for each and every one of us good and more good and more good as we describe and define and understand it, as each of us describes and understands it, unfolding in our lives in a way that might be surprising, might be unexpected, but in hindsight is completely reasonable and easy to understand how the pieces fit together. There's no supernatural process that's going on now. There is a series of seeming coincidences bringing about an experience that's the highest and best that any of us can possibly imagine. And to whatever degree possible, that is inspiring and uplifting our spiritual awareness, our understanding of the truth of our nature, that we are that divine power and presence, each and every one of us expressing in our own particular and specific way. So to the greatest degree possible, that spiritual awareness is being uplifted and upleveled for each of us in our own particular way, as we experience that highest and best unfolding with love and ease in a way that brings good and more good and more good into our lives. And that infinite creative power that creates everything is creating this now. It's already underway. 
I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the stories. I'm grateful for the uplift and for the transformation. I'm grateful for the awareness of the spiritual principles, the laws of creation. Grateful for the awareness of the creative power that has created everything and grateful to know that it's already creating this. This awareness in my heart, this gratitude deep within, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law. And I know without any question whatsoever, the law is already saying yes. This good is already underway now. And so, so it, is. it is. That was great. As always. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.